Welcome to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. My name's Justin Prince. Filling in for Taylor Burris today is commentator for RaceSpot TV, GSRC, and Radion TV, Robert O'Brien, along with the producer, Wayne Owens. It's been a thrilling week of action across the iRacing world, to say the very least. First things first, Robert, thank you for coming in for today's action for what has been a busy week when it comes to major series and world championship action. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And yeah, it's it's been absolutely bananas out there in the in the iRacing world, especially given the fact that we've had so many major series trying to wrap up their the ends of their leagues coming up into the uh, December season. It is going to be interesting to see how it all plays out in the different series. And we're going to be discussing that here in a few, but the one thing I will say is to the guys that are fighting for these championships, be careful because it still can go awry at the end at the goalpost. So, you know, just need to keep it, keep aware about that. That's going to be a major focus to talk about, especially with some of the action there. But for other series, they have gotten themselves underway for the winter time. One of those series, Monday Night Racing, and it's Pro Series presented by Rowdy Energy. The Rowdy Energy 225, seen David Schildhouse come away with his first victory in the series for him and his number 20 machine. That came at Daytona International Speedway and an absolute thriller towards the finish. Schildhouse at one point was back in 30th position with less than 15 laps to go before the closing GWC. But one of the other storylines we'll be touching upon for today's episode was someone who was making their debut, not just when it comes to major eye racing action, but one of the first races on the service in general. One of the competitors throughout the field was MLB pitcher for the Oakland Athletics, Cole Irvin, who finished 18th place and his first race in the series. He joined iRacing last year and joins us on the iRacers Download. First things first, Cole, thank you for joining us. How are things going for you after that race at Daytona? Well, let me just say it took me about an hour and a half to cool down from that race because that was probably the most fun I've had uh, since getting kind of a a wheel and and downloading iRacing. That was the most fun I've had and and definitely so far while driving on iRacing. So thanks for having me on the show, guys, and it's uh, I'm excited to be here. Very excited to be able to talk with you as well because it was an intriguing race to say things the very least. How would you describe your experience as because, for those who do not know, you're a rookie at every single class on iRacing currently. In fact, you're trying to upgrade one of the rookie licenses right now as we talk. Yeah, I'm actually uh, about 12 laps in right now to hopefully my last rookie race. Uh, so, But you know what? It was a lot of fun and, and it was enjoyable to drive with guys that that know what they're doing. Um, I was a little disappointed that I caused a wreck with uh, 15 to go, um, but we were three wide and we had been running three wide for about, I think six laps, six or seven laps. So um, the fact that I was able to run that bottom line and stay and stay pretty clean was pretty exciting for me. Cause uh, I don't think a lot of people expected me to be running in the middle of the pack and then let alone got the car up to eighth place, I think at one point. So um, it was a lot of fun. So it's just, I got to learn how to push. I think that's the next the next phase of my driving. Now, I'm curious on this. How did you get yourself involved with Monday Night Racing and say to yourself, okay, baseball season's done. Let's try racing Dale Jr. <laughs> well, uh, 
Chris Wilner and Dylan Welch uh, are, are friends of me and my fiance and uh, who, who covers racing and started her, uh, started her broadcasting career um, in uh, the Sprint Cup when, when it was Sprint Cup series uh, for NASCAR. So she was a, uh, worked for the Sprint Cup girls. And, and so she's been with NASCAR for 10 years. So I've always enjoyed racing, um, loved racing. And, but uh, our Chris and Dylan got me involved and, and here we are. Very interesting to see some of the involvement to get into it. And once you knew, okay, I'm in the pro series for Monday Night Racing, how did those discussions go to prepare for that race? What was that preparation like? Uh, so I tried to set up as many sessions as possible. And I told the toughest cars to ride to run on iRacing was the 87. So I run a, I ran a lot of races in the 87 uh, car with the Legacy Daytona. So that way I had all the bumps and, and I had to make an adjustment. Um, so it was, you know, it was just trying to figure out how to drive in difficult conditions. And, uh, it, it made it a lot, it made it a lot easier, uh, as, as things went along. And I got into, uh, later in the week when I started actually running practices with like six or seven guys in the Xfinity car and, um, no bumps on the, uh, updated Daytona. So, that was worth it. Definitely interesting to say you prepared for the smooth Daytona with the older Daytona. That is definitely an interesting approach to all of that. But how would you describe the nerves, if there were any, once the race got started and you've seen some of the drivers you're competing against? Yeah, I mean, shoot. I mean, we got we got Dale Jr. and we got <laughs> Kyle Busch. And, you know, it was just a lot of a lot of fun to to race along the side those guys and and you know, even Super Bowl champion uh, Bernard Pollard, uh, just to say that um, you join a league with a group of a group of people that know what they're doing behind a wheel um, and probably have a better rig than I do. Um, and so, you know, just to just to be able to race and going into that race, yeah, there was a few few nerves, but I don't think the adrenaline the adrenaline carried me through that race. But it wasn't until Oh, man, it wasn't until we got three wide with 15 to go or, or 17 to go, whatever it was before I caused the wreck, that my heart was like, uh, my spotter, my buddies were telling me like, hey, you're running good race. Just keep, stay on that line. Try not to, you know, drive up into into turn three. And what did I do? I drove up into turn three on accident and got a little loose. But yeah, there wasn't really many nerves. There was, it was just, you know, go out there and try to run a good race and surprise some people and, and and that's just that's what I try to do is just try to run a good race, try to stay clean. I think the first fifteen laps, I told myself in the first shoot, the first uh, first yeah ten laps, I was literally trying to uh, just tell myself stay clean, stay clean, don't wreck, don't wreck, don't wreck, and stayed out of some wrecks too. I actually uh, from my from my seat, it was pretty pretty close to uh, running into some problems there, and not and having to use a fast repair early. Yeah, it was such an intriguing race in terms of some of the trouble, in terms of some of the rising drivers to the pack, and some who have slept on back, and others who went around like a yo-yo. So overall, how are you feeling about Monday Night Racing in general? Because, of course, it's not just as simple as, okay, first race is on an oval, second's on an oval. It's a mixture of different cars and track combinations that take place throughout the season. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's what's unique. And I, I didn't know what to expect coming in. And once I saw the schedule come out with kind of the different cars we're going to drive, I've just tried to 
put different cars on different tracks and just get comfortable behind them. And, um, you know, Vegas is a tricky track. You have to be, uh, you, you know, throttle and throttle control breaking zones are, are, are a thing. So I'm, I'm going to try to find a utilize, find a way to lo- utilize, uh, the, utilize that the best I can. But, you know, the, the other thing is too, is, you know, I'm not necessarily in this as like a serious contender, but I want to be competitive. You know, I want to race and, and try to win and try to get up there. And uh, there's definitely some areas that I, after kind of rewatching the race a little bit of areas, I know I can improve on at least on the oval circuits. Uh, but, you know, going into Vegas, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And, and I heard the cup cars in Vegas is, is a lot of fun. Um, very tough to drive um, and try to keep square. So I think that's going to be the key for this next race is, is just try to run smooth laps. You know, if I, if I run in the back, I run in the back. Uh, it's not going to hurt me none, but I'm, I'm going to have a lot of fun doing so and, and try to learn a thing or two from, from guys that have been in this series for a couple of years now. I mean, speaking about learning a thing or two about racing as well, I mean, it, it came as a surprise to me when, you know, I heard that this was one of your first major events at all in iRacing and in iRacing service as a whole, uh, you know, kind of what tips would you have gotten from other drivers and what tips can you pass on to maybe a listener who's, you know, wanted to get into iRacing, but a may not know what to do or how to do it. Well, I mean, that's kind of a, kind of a loaded question a little bit. And as I'm running three wide here and <laughs> am I trying to get my rookie license out of here? Uh, but you know, the, the the thing for me when I when I got into iRacing racing was just try to find a group of friends to do it with. Um, I kind of when I got announced that I was doing this, um, a few people actually reached out and said, "Hey, if you ever wanted to practice, you know, they would have time and um, you know for me to you know for me to join them and stuff." So so I hopped in on some practices. They they taught me a thing or two, and then you know they've they've taught me how to get pretty close to getting out of the rookie class, um, and so. You know, I think when you're getting into iRacing, it can be overwhelming at times. Um, just focus on one thing. I, I think I think because we were doing a lot of ovals, I just focused on doing a lot of oval racing. Um, and it's made my driving and, and my wheel control a lot better. And you don't need a big old, you know, nice Fanatex, you know, seated setup. To, I'm doing this on my desk. Uh, my, my foot pedals are on the floor. And, you know... I think going into this season and running a big race uh, was extremely nerve wracking um, when I first got announced. But once people actually like offered help, it became that much easier. And just understanding that you don't need to, you don't need to win the second you get in, you'll, you'll learn a thing or two. And like one, one thing I learned the other night was understanding uh, distance and understanding how to, control my throttle and brake when you're running when you're running in a big pack and i didn't i haven't ran in a a very large pack especially like that um on any um circuit before um i've played the formula one game in the past so street circuits i'm a little more comfortable but in an oval setting i didn't understand how to control my braking zones or, or even just like get up on a guy and how to hold it there um 
And sometimes I would, I would, I'm not sure what the proper term is, but I would push the guy behind me back and I felt bad. So there was times later in the race where people wouldn't ride on me because they knew I wasn't going to be pushing. So I think there was that level of like those drivers understand at that, I guess at that caliber drivers understand who is inexperienced, who's going to push way before I even figured that out. It wasn't until I rewatched that I realized that guys were starting to stay away from me towards the end of that race because I wasn't going to be pushing and trying to, to help secure a win. Also very interesting as drivers learn and continue to rise through the ranks and gain more experience, how the trust levels absolutely adapt in. How did you come to say, okay, let's run some iRacing as your account was officially made in 2020? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the funny thing is, is, um, during COVID we had a lot of downtime and, and so we had a second spring training with more downtime. We had a quarantine at some point during the season. So I brought my wheel and brought my pedals with me and I just did a lot of practices. And it wasn't until this fall that when I got home from season that I actually was like, all right, let's try to, let's try to get into some better racing and try to build our license and, and here I am finally in the D license range. We finally did it. Let's go. Uh, <clears throat> so that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, just trying to learn the different cars and different tracks. And and um, like earlier today, I was running uh, the IndyCar at uh, Long Beach. And I love, I love IndyCar. I love all types of racing just to begin with. But I was running at, at Long Beach, which is where I grew up, my home circuit. Um, I live in North Carolina now, but my home circuit, I was, I was 25, 30 minutes from, from Long Beach. So uh, being able to see that live. And I know that track by heart, it was so much fun to just drive here on iRacing. And, um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning my ways around. There's still things that I don't understand. And, and as a competitor, I definitely get frustrated when, when I get wrecked for no reason. Um, I'm sure we've all been there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome to iRacing on that mark. Coming up, more for the iRacers Download and our discussion with Cole Irvin. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network presented by Crossway Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network presented by Crossway Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince, Robert O'Brien with you with Wayne Owens, our producer. Currently speaking with MLB pitcher Cole Irvin, who you may have noticed mentioned that he is now... One license up into D-Class as a result of his racing during this conversation. Of note, he apparently had a massive eight-car incident. At one point, it was still able to make his way to D-Class at the end of that race. So, definitely good multitasking skills there to say first things first, Cole. But second things second, how, again, how do you see things playing out with everything iRacing-wise now that you've gotten yourself into a situation where you can now sit down and race more more races and bump up those licenses compared to say last year yeah i mean i had time last year it's just more so i wanted to actually enjoy it and uh you know i I created a youtube channel um which is uh you know youtube.com forward slash cole urban um and you know i i actually the first real big video that I did live, and, and I moved everything from Twitch to YouTube. Um, the first, the big video that I actually had was actually Monday Night Racing. Um, and I'm just still, 
I'm still developing the channel and it's not anywhere near where it will be in, in a few years from now. But just the fact that iRacing content was so desirable and obviously I'm going to tag Dale Jr. and Kyle Busch and ended up beating Kyle Busch in terms of total placement. So I did put that in the video a little bit, you know, just to kind of egg that on uh, for clickbait. Um, but, you know, I, I've enjoyed doing the iRacing and I want to I want to broadcast more of it. Um, and I want to I want to share more of it. And so um, the guys that actually helped me uh do get ready for this last week they're helping me get ready for this next week uh we actually created a little four lap challenge with the 87 cars just by messing around and having fun and just getting used to being behind the wheel and it's a four lap challenge we created a point system whether if you if you wreck out you become a landmine and we, we're just having fun with it you know and and i, I want to do more iRacing and, and I want to have fun. It's still in my mind. I understand it's a racing sim and, and I'm definitely going to respect it as that, but there's times where you and your buddies want to hop on and, and enjoy some uh, comedic moments in, in net code. <laughs> you can, you can definitely uh, do that here on iRacing. And so, uh, you know, me and my friends, we set something up and we're going to have some fun tonight and do something like that. But um, you know, the, if there's still so much there, there's still series that I, I want to get into. Um, I love the IMSA series in real life. So I, I'm looking forward to doing some road courses in uh, the Corvette um, and, and the McLaren. So, I mean, I want to get into some road courses there, but you know, and I just, I just love driving. I love all types of racing. And, and so that's just kind of why I'm going to stick to it. And I'm going to do a lot more, a lot more of iRacing here and, and now. That's definitely good to hear, to say the very least, with some of the action. Um, you mentioned a little bit of setting up the wheel with the training camp situations with the pandemic last year. Mm -hmm. How have some of your fellow teammates reacted to racing on the service? Have some of them tried out your wheel? What's been that been like that so far, whether it, with the organization you're with? Well, the hood of my car, um, it was on my Twitter, uh, represented it. Okay, so the hood of my car was a bunch of zoo animals. It was a rhino, a hippo, a lion, a giraffe, a zookeeper, and a gorilla. Well, little does anyone know that those were my, that was our starting rotation. Um, <laughs> and that was the hood of my car. And so, <laughs> so they tuned in. Um, we were texting back and forth about it beforehand. They were telling me I should wreck Dale. They, they offered some. They offered some money to to wreck Dale in the first few laps, and I said, "Absolutely not. We're not. We're not doing that." Um, so we're, you know, but they're having fun with it. Uh, you know, when I was with Philly before I got traded uh, last off season, um, I remember having my wheel, and we were not in a quarantine, but it was season, and and the season was so different. It was a sixty game schedule, um, and I had my wheel set up with the TV basically on the coffee table. And so I had this massive screen and the wheel looked like perfect size comparatively to the TV. And, and so I had teammates run over and they just ran laps and laps and laps. And it was, it was just a lot of fun. We, um, I'm not sure if many guys have gotten wheels since then. I, I actually got a few texts from a few other people about how they can get into iRacing. So, um, Little, little did I know I was going to have a little bit more uh, conversations about it because people enjoy it. It's also very interesting to see the reaction. And I didn't, definitely didn't get that connection when it came to what was on the car. I seen 
the Oakland Athletics uniforms. Didn't think about the pitching rotation in that mark. All right, so that's definitely interesting to say the very least, that camaraderie mm-hmm. with that. Of course, when it comes to the baseball side, mentioned played for the Oakland Athletics for last season with 178.1 innings pitch, 26 starts, as well as a 10 to 15 record knee rate of 4.24. Curious on this, how would you would you describe the baseball season side of things to turn a bit towards that direction? Yeah, you know, I had a good year. Um, didn't finish where I wanted to finish, um, but made every start, made 32 starts. Um, and, uh, you know, 32 starts is still top 10 in the major leagues. So um, that was that was pretty cool. Um, you know, stayed healthy. Um, still working out now to, to make myself better and, and, and get stronger and um, I racing is just something that I do when, when I got some downtime and, um, we get a little bit more of that this time of year. And so spending time with family, um, spending time with, uh, you know, doing those types of things is important, um, at this time of year, but yeah, I'm just, you know, had a good year that it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quick to turn the page when season ends. Um, I want to start focusing on what I can do to prepare for, for a better year next year. And so, um, and that's just the competitive nature in me. So that's kind of how I like to do things. How would you describe that love for sports growing up, whether it was baseball or whether it's motorsports? Oh man. Um, you know, the, uh, the love that I have for baseball is, is just on uncomprehensible. Um, you know, you can't, you can't put it into words because, um, it's what I know. It's how I do things. I mean, um, I, I built my YouTube channel um, and I, I'm launched it to share the game of baseball with others. Um, ironically, that kind of jumps into motorsports and stuff too now because um, I noticed that there is there is a need for people to want to watch iRacing and there's a lot of people out there to watch and and I got a good I got a good flood from Monday night the other day so that was that was nice. Um, but you know, I, I love the game of baseball and, and the competitive nature of it. It's like a chess match for me. Um, I have to be three steps ahead when the hitter is trying to be four steps ahead. Um, and, and then there's times where you have to take two steps back to reevaluate, reevaluate where you're at. And so that's kind of what I love about baseball and, and, and just competitive sports in, in, in general. Um, and understanding, you know, I guess I'll put it into racing terms, understanding where you're at in the in the race and when you need to push, where your tires are at, all those all that stuff, all that information is of what you know a racing fan loves is understanding why, you know, in Formula One, you know, why, you know, a pit crew is saying to pit pit now when Mercedes is still on the lead lap and doing you know, why Red Bull does what they do and Mercedes does what they do, McLaren does what they do. Like understanding all those little intricate parts is why I love the is why I love sports and and there's a lot of similarities in in between every other sport um, to say the to say the least and uh, baseball and racing they kind of go hand in hand it sounds sounds crazy because uh, you're talking about speed versus uh, <laughs> a turtle's pace game um, but if you if you're into the little intricate parts of racing there's no reason why you couldn't be into the intricate parts of what makes much ba- makes baseball or any other sport great um if you're looking to get into other sports so based on that seems you have a lot of knowledge then on the motorsports side uh, how would you describe your love of motorsports then overall then oh man um just the fact that uh my beautiful fiance gets to cover it every weekend mm-hmm. um 
and gets to cover so many different series and I get to know so many different writers and, and, um, drivers, uh, you know, there's different, uh, she covers a couple different series and you know, the, the, the coolest part about it is, um, you know, her family are, have been involved in racing since her, since her dad got involved way back when, I think when Supercross uh, first got started. And so just the fact that I get to um, be involved in the, in the world and the sport every day is kind of just, there, there's just so much, there's so much to watch. There's so much to catch. There's so much that's going on. I mean, going into this weekend and, um, you know, recognizing what, you know, Denny Hamlin said last weekend and all the turmoil that's going to spill over into this weekend, um, into the playoff race for NASCAR, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Mexico is going to be a lot of fun to watch, uh, for the formula one race. Um, and then you got series that are, that are starting to, you know, wind down and you got series that are about to pop up here in January. Um, so the turmoil and driver changes and, and, different things like that is going to be a lot of fun to watch too. So there's, there's so much going on. And, and then again, that's another reason why we love, we love racing is there isn't just one type of racing to watch. There's, there's multiple. It's so interesting indeed in that mark on how things play out in turn. When it comes to the racing side of things. You've talked a little bit about the next race for Monday night racing where it's come <clears throat> cars, Las Vegas action. You mentioned some of your preparation technique. How are you feeling about that race? Since it's definitely an intriguing package to battle with. Keep in mind, especially with it's dealing with dirty air or trying to side draft cars, which you were referring to earlier and so forth. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a difficult race. I think on my end, um, cause I, I haven't ran many of these, uh, these types of awkward ovals. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's for me, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, don't pick me if you guys are on the betting side of things. Uh, but you know, uh, the thing is moving forward, it, I'm just here to learn a little bit more about racing and, and it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot more, uh, affordable to do eye racing. Um, rather than jumping into real real life racing, and so for me to be able to drive and hop in a wheel and feel like I'm being competitive with uh, the Dale Juniors of the world um, is, is I don't know. I'm not even necessarily saying that I'm as good as he is, but just to compete with him is a lot of fun. And um, you know, just everyone else in this series. I mean, he, he's not the only one that's really good at driving. Um, so just just the fact that. Going into this weekend, I'm, I'm definitely not confident in uh, the car and and the way Las Vegas works. It's a lot of throttle management. Um, I know I'm going to spin out a handful of times. I just I'm already predicting it. But I also told myself that I was going to wreck in the first ten laps in Daytona. So the competitive nature in me is saying, "Hey, you know what? Anything can happen. Uh, we're, we're, I'm going to see what I'm going to see how this goes and and try to." try to run my best race. Maybe, maybe even try to try a couple of different things. Maybe, maybe bump a few guys and, and try to get into the draft a little bit better. And, and uh, you know, try not to be afraid of, of causing some chaos, um, not on purpose, but just more so to, to help me learn a little bit more about what, what the cars can do. And speaking of cars, I was thinking of a pun in my head. I'll be pitching it left, just a left and a little bit back to sort of the road, because you did mention a few minutes ago um, that you're kind of excited for the Mexican Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. um, now, I know it's a bit 
early doors for you yet in your iRacing career. Um, but you know, is there a, is there you know a door slightly opening for the road side of things? Are you interested in seeing what the road has to offer on the iRacing service? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I've done. I've actually done a lot of like road driving, just not for my license. Um, and I, I'm definitely. I'm definitely wanting to do more of the road circuits. Um, they kind of piqued my interest a little bit more than than oval racing, but oval racing is just so much fun. It's unique. You you drive in packs. You um, and you bump draft a little bit more. There's so many little quirks. Whereas like you have to be a little bit more uh, on on par with some of the other drivers in your field um, when you're doing road courses on iRacing. At least at the at the very bottom threshold of where I'm at in the rookies, uh, you, you have to understand how the car works and, and try not to, you know, overcorrect and oversteer and, and drive your car into problems, um, a little bit more than the oval does. The oval is a little bit easier to manage. Um, but I, I love, I love road circuits. I love, um, shoot. I've, I've driven on spa, uh, quite a few times. I love the Barcelona Grand Prix. That's, uh, you know the, the Barcelona track. Um, it's amazing. I'm excited for the Red Bull track for us this year in Monday Night Racing. Um, I ran, I ran the crap out of that one on the Formula One game. So I, I'd like to say if anyone has a good solid pick for any week, the Red Bull Ring circuit for Monday Night Racing. I'm I I am going to do everything I can to win that race. That's that's my goal. I'll be cheering you're on from the sides there because the Red Bull Ring is one of my favorites. Um, not because just how short the lap is, but just because it has quite a lot of straightaway and a lot of space to race in between each other. And speaking and speaking on that point, is is there any sort of um, formula that really works for you? Because you said you know the oval and the road side of things, they all have their own sort of quirks mm-hmm. and balances. Oval has a lot more closer racing, whereas racing or the road racing has a lot more sort of intricacies with that. How the track can be set up and all that kind of thing. What what makes you tick? Oh man, um, a lot of things. Just the fact that I'm trying to compete is is the first thing. But I think uh, let's just start with oval. For me, oval is I can be patient and take my time getting into the race and more focusing on the delta and saving tires and doing those types of things. As the race progresses, I can get more aggressive under understand where I can gain more time by watching other cars in that field. And, and I, I guess that's more of a lesson for drivers like me that, that don't have much experience. Um, I, I think just sitting back and kind of watching how everything plays out in front of you while keeping pace is, is the biggest thing and not driving the car into trouble. Now on the road circuit series or on the road side of things, oh man, that there's so much you can, first of all, I highly recommend just learning the circuit before you get on, uh, do just a bunch of practice runs or, or test drives or whatever you want to call it and whatever car you want and learn the circuit, understanding where a car's braking zone is, is, is important. Um, and, and allowing, you know, not, you know, breaking in a straight line in a in an indie car is extremely important because if you try to turn the tires, uh, the car's not going anywhere. You know, like that's that's just kind of basic stuff that you learn as you progress. But I, I think, you know, both both 
you know, road and oval have so many intricate parts that you can learn and you can figure out that you become a better driver over time. But sitting back isn't necessarily a bad thing. Don't qualify. Sit back, watch everyone in front of you wreck and just kind of just run your race. Figure out a line that you're comfortable with. If you're running two seconds below, you know, the leader, who cares? Let them pass you. And and that's kind of what I've learned doing this uh throughout this process of iRacing and starting to navigate the licensing part of it is just taking my time with things and not going for wins until I feel comfortable, not only just in the car, but on the circuit um, to be able to get a win. Now, close things out. You mentioned a YouTube channel. You've started mm-hmm. off for some of this action. Give one more shout out towards those plugs. Um, talk about how people can find you on social media and as well as for that YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, so guys, uh, again, my name is Cole Irvin. My nickname is Swervin. Everyone calls me Swerve. Um, I think uh, as racing fans, as, as racers, you guys probably know another Swervin as Ernie Irvin. Um, and so he had the nickname before me. I'm definitely not one to say that I coined it, uh, but my teammates back in college, they didn't know who Ernie Irvin was. And that's how I got my nickname. I got my nickname because I was in college and I'm, and I was crazy then. Now, now I'm settled down and, and, and a lot more mild, but, uh, follow my Instagram and Twitter, uh, Swervin underscore Irvin 19, um, on over there. And then on my YouTube, um, I'm going to be launching sometime in January, uh, a beyond the diamond series, which, uh, highlights, uh, my life outside of baseball, um, in the real world, not necessarily behind the steering wheel here on iRacing, but, uh, more so fishing, uh, golf, hunting, stuff like that. Um, even potentially, uh, getting into my brother-in-law's future brother-in-law's, uh, uh, Pro two truck. So there, there's might be some some stuff there that will be a lot of fun to to digest into. But you can literally just find me by Cole Irvin on YouTube. Type of that in the search bar, it'll pop it up. Um, and uh, yeah, just hit subscribe. That's a sen- subscribe is a follow button for those of you that are s- afraid of that subscribe button. You're not paying for anything. It's just a follow button. I know I still have that phobia when I hit <laughs> subscribe on some channels. Uh, but if you want good content and, and you want, uh, fun people to watch, I highly suggest just hit that subscribe button, not necessarily on my channel, but on others you like, because it works just like a follow on social, other social media platforms. Thank you very much for the time. Once again, Cole, for being able to talk so much about sim racing side of things for you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. Once again, that's Cole Irvin pitcher for the Oakland athletics and driver who debuted in MNR's Pro Series, presented by Rowdy Energy. Coming up after the break, the news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince, Robert O'Brien with you with our producer, Wayne Owens. After a very entertaining conversation, let's put it that way, with Cole Irvin of the Oakland Athletics after his debut in MNR. He came away in 18th in Pro Series action. As mentioned earlier, the winner of the Rowdy Energy 225 was David Schildhouse after being as deep as 30th with less than 15 laps to go. Seth Ager, Preston Pardis, Adam Cabot, Garrett Smithley rounded out the top five. In his MNR debut, Dale Earnhardt Jr. finished in sixth with Colin Fern, along with Gary Sexton, Stephen Ellis, 
and DJ Cummings rounding out the top 10 there. And there was also, keep in mind, Road to Glory as well that took place. And that was an intriguing one to discuss in turn, Robert, because it was the Tufco Flooring Challenge. Luke up, known for his dirt racing abilities, particular with the stadium trucks, came away with a victory after a big crash with a couple minutes to go in the clock after Presley Sora had led much of the way there at Daytona. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And given the fact that it was, you know, so close at the end, you know, and with the drops for the Roads of Glory at Daytona, it was quite, quite, oh, correction, sorry, that's, uh, it is, was at the uh, Roads of Glory, but uh, Christopher Tate sort of having to go down there. But the winner was actually Luke Knupp, just pipping to the post of Presley Sora and then and Dylan mm-hmm. Fer, uh, F- uh, Freibel, John Theodore and Dakota Curtis going down for your top five for that. And it was actually quite close at the end between Presley and Luke, but Luke with the 77 winning all lucky sevens for him today. A very strong race indeed towards the end. Presley Sora led a majority of the way throughout that time to vent at Daytona. But there was plenty more world championship action, whether it was qualifying-wise or racing-wise. Let's start off when it comes to the e-NASCAR side of things, because... It was a busy time for those trying to qualify for the eNASCAR Contender Series competition of racing under the Road to Pro banner. Parker Retzlaff came away with that victory to start off the season over teammates Garrett Lowe and Caden Honeycutt. But that came down to fireworks towards the end to Robert. Indeed, indeed. With just a few laps to go, that car at number five just dropping down like a lead weight all the way back into 12th. It well, uh, you know, watching it back, it was absolutely jaw-dropping to see how he just got shuffled out and then just, it just never ceased to end as he went backwards and continued going backwards, 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 backwards. And he just never really got to the end of it. And then it just really, the heart breaks for you. But, you know, next race will always have more surprises for us, won't they, JP? Yeah, that was Nicholas Shelton you're referring to. Absolutely. 193 laps were led by him out of the 201 completed. But in the end, it came down to green-white-checker territory. And the interesting thought process, too, I want to ask your opinion on this. With I know you have more of a road presence here, but what are the main arguments from some of the drivers in those closing stages after the caution came out with less than 10 laps to go and the attrition started to build up was the sentiment of, we all can get top fives if we race clean. But it's not as simple as that. No, it's it's never going to be as simple as that. Racing clean is one half of the story. To race clean, you also have to race fast because everybody else around you who's not racing clean and is pushing it, pushing you know pedal to the metal, it's it, they're going to be ahead of you and you're stuck in the middle with nowhere else to go and nobody's really helping you move forward. So you have to race clean, but you have to be fast at the same time. Give drivers space, but don't give them enough space so they can make moves on you. Let's get into top five. Parker Retzlaff, Garrett Lowe, Caden Honeycutt, Colin Keister, Blake Reynolds. That top five for a contender action. One of the drivers who had the biggest hit attrition-wise was Michael Cozy Jr., who went from mid-pack to 37th after a spin into the pit lane on the final lap. But more action also seen plenty of fireworks. When it came to open-wheel competition, that's in regards to the Force Dynamics Delara Grand Prix Championship. Peter Berryman came away with the victory after a planned-out strategy that worked out well for some of the Apex cars, the Apex Racing Team cars. But it was David Toft and Florian LeBigway coming away with the rest of the podium. 
Gil Constantini, and Teo Ugolotti rounding up the top five. There is the biggest storyline of the season so far. Lap 46 is one to remember when it came to the World Championship debut of the Red Bull ring, Robert. What? Uh, that completely changed the points championship complexion. Uh, what a debut it was. Yeah, as you just said, changed the complexion completely. Now, it may look like a tame track with only nine turns, but the Red Bull ring absolutely nails what I like to see. And especially with the Dallaras, they provided such a big picture moment. Now, with Berryman putting in an absolutely great performance as he was over 14 seconds ahead of David Toth in second. I think he is the one to be watching out for for the last few races of the season as we come down to it. And my money's on him. He's now the points leader after the crash referred to Robert took the points leader along with Johan Hart on that lap 46. Keep in mind, when it came to Van Luznor, he ended up closing up about several seconds throughout the race. He was 10 seconds back on softs in the closing stages, then crashed with Harv, picked up several incident points on the same lap, had to serve a drive through. The championship leader coming in finished in 11th. Harv is finished in 10th position. The point swing went from double-digit points ahead for Martin Van Luznord to a nine-point advantage for Peter Berryman in the span of a couple laps. And those couple of laps are just... We say we say this, you know, within the iRacing circles is that you're never going to win the race on turn one, lap one. But you can also very easily throw away, you know, when you have a lead to go after, everybody else behind you is going to want to leapfrog you. And Berryman has just done that with Luznord. It's it's all gone tipsy-turny for him. So he'll need to absolutely be focused, go gung-ho as best he can over the last three races of the season. And just try and put to bed any doubts that anybody would have had, you know, watching that race. And you can catch all that action when it comes to some of the world championship qualifiers and races on iRacing social media platforms, whether it's on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and more. Real quickly, when it came to Johan Harf, there was a successful moment, though, the day prior to that. When it came to iRex World Championship competition, he came away with the victory. When it came to Phoenix Raceway... In the end, after that respective race, Harth now has 109 points of the season four for the championship. His Subaru Motorsports USA teammate, John Robertson, leads over Jon Okinen, 12 points, entering the final couple rounds. But on that note, it's time to say goodbye. We'd like to thank you for listening in to today's action. For the iRacers download, a very busy week, and plenty more to come with several different world championships coming to their final couple rounds and several more starting up soon. Once again, this has been the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network, presented by Crosby Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Enjoy 